0: Welcome to the OVNI Interviews. where your hosts, Eric Bork and Mikey Taylor. What up? You know, Mikey, I feel like we need a little bit more than what up today.
1: Yeah, what do you want?
0: Mikey Taylor, the co-founder of Commune Capital, professional oh, oh, skateboarder oh. of 10 years. We're, we're going to come up with some new intros. Let us, Ma- l- let us know model. what you want. Male model. No, he's not a model. <laughs> Damn, dog. We'll he's do rocking the dad bod these days. Uh, oh, This wild. is getting good Dude, so far. We're, we're already, already We're not... This is,
1: we're going. I, mean, I know he has you here to interview you, but we're done. Yeah, <laughs> it's going to be not, just Eric yeah, and I firing yeah. each other. We're the <laughs> no,
0: co-founders of Avni, a brand for entrepreneurs and influencers. And today's guest is Matt Coulter. Basically... If you want to start a nonprofit, if you have money and you want to do good with it, and you want to know how to do it, Matt Coulter is your guy. He spent 10 years running a global cancer nonprofit. He sat on seven hospital charity boards. Uh, He recently created a platform to help his friends create nonprofits. And the first venture is called Beautiful, the Beautiful Foundation. And he also has an online thrift store with a charity element to it, a give back component. Called one four three. What is it, Matt? Shop, one four shop one four three shop one four three. Matt Coulter. Matt,
2: thanks for being on. Well, thanks for having me, guys.
1: I'm still not ready to let this not <laughs> yeah. be about me. <laughs> I mean, I was going to come to Mikey's defense. I mean, with
2: DC, I mean, I feel like you did your fair share of. You know, I'm sure there's like foot models and things that you were oh, doing for him DC. Being a model. Oh yeah. no,
0: he's a model for sure.
1: Yeah, I mean uh,
2: that. Yeah, here we go. That it, should it, that should be on your Instagram like this. All your it, list of things. I did kind of just
0: kick him while he's down.
1: If though, you guys want to bless the audience with a good. Interview, hype me up right now. <laughs> Dude, put hey. me in the
0: mood, boys. <laughs> You're a rock of the deadline, it's true. And uh, we both just started businesses. And whenever you start a business, there, I feel like you always kind of get out of shape. Like for a couple months, yeah. and then you get back in. Yeah,
2: yeah, Well, I feel like Jen put you on blast too recently. The Instagram post. That's what I'm talking yeah, about. Instagram That's why I post. said that. It was rough rocking, roughing the streets. I'm rocking. Dude. My
1: head's been down though, dog. It's like no, it's been months you of know head what? down, dude, Plow our, through. You,
2: you want to be a model? You want money? Like, <laughs> let's be, let's just let's get it. Hey, I like I like the tone
1: of this one. Yeah, man. I like where this is headed. Dude, I
0: was literally in our first video. I was like heavy. Like really heavy, and I've been hitting the gym for like three, almost three months now. So, I didn't mean to kick you, kick you while you're down, dude. All right, it's all good, yeah, really. and that's you're so, nowhere near where I was. So. It's all good, dude. I got a dad bod with no kids. Like that's <laughs> yeah, tough. Yeah, you got a, it's like a business bot or something. It's yeah. a business oh, bod.
1: Something. I'm gonna, I'm gonna actually, I yeah, like that. My buddy Sandra business already bot.
2: talks about this, dude. We just need to get rich and ripped. Rich and ripped. Rich, rich and ripped, ripped, dude. Ripped. That's rich and rich. I feel like that's a podcast in itself. I love that. So All let's, right. Let's start this off. You let's want to start in. this one?
0: So let's let's start with your background before we dive into what you're doing right now. So you were working in corporate America, making a lot of money. Is that where we should start? <laughs> yeah, we can start there. We should um, start
1: with he was the richest person we knew at like age 22. Yeah,
2: <laughs> start with that, Mike. <laughs> you know you tell that right? Yeah. No, I think that was that was kind of like the mo for me it was like. I was the kid like I had he was the early
1: achiever almost right
2: yeah because all my friends were athletes so people like you and you know all these different surfers and skaters and snowboarders all my friends they were all on that path immensely talented went that route and I was like okay I'm gonna go to school because I don't surf as good as you I certainly don't skate as good as you I don't have all these things so and my parents were like no you're, you're going to college and so um went to college and then kind of sacrificed a lot of good waves and a lot of things and where I kind of paid the price where my friends are texting me and calling me going, Oh, the waves are so good. And I'm like in like math class or something like that or business yeah. class. And so, um, but it kind of paid dividends for me when I came out of school, I kind of got not into the family business cause it's not a family business, but my dad's kind of been in the commercial industrial real estate space for 40 years. And so I kind of graduated from school and then I think I spent like six months at home trying to go, okay, like, what am I going to really do? And then one of my dad's business partners took me out to lunch and was like, you're wasting your time. Uh, let's, let's get to work. And I was like, okay, cool. And, um, was kind of a started at the bottom and kind of worked my way up pretty quick. And then all of a sudden I was 22 or 23 and all of a sudden, I had like the nicest car, and I had the watches. What and were I had you were making like over three hundred grand? I was making a lot of money. Yeah, like, right. Like yeah. we're talking. Yeah. Like, yeah. like as if, a twenty-two like, year old, like, like, like substantial like, six yeah. figures. Yeah. Like, yeah. And and, and you was, knew Mikey back then, right? Yeah, like we knew. Each I knew other. Who he we was. Like <clears throat> like homies. I, I knew
1: him, like, him as like the rich kid from Ventura. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah, that> was. <laughs> <laughs> no no i'm just joking seriously no uh i i we've known we have a lot of mutual friends uh and i would see him like at the beach and surfing and then like he'd pull out of the beach and drive off and like what car were you driving back then i
2: had like a i had the 335 twin turbo like that car was bad like i remember i got that that was like the first thing where i'm like okay Yeah, so
1: he was doing good i mean like we were we were uh like yeah we were just like yeah matt's like rich <laughs> and you
2: were making this money yourself. Yeah, yeah, I was making At 22? 22, 23. Yeah, I was making a lot of money. Okay. Yeah, and I kind of like came out of the shoot firing like I spent 6 months kind of working my way up and then all of a sudden like um I started, you know, seeing the kind of the how so that 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 business is pretty or
1: can be pretty lucrative. Right? At that time, it was What like, business sh- are you talking about? So,
2: at that time it was like residential real estate it was title insurance it was mortgage business i was kind Mm -hmm. of doing a combination of all of that you were selling it um yeah i mean i was i was a salesperson and i could talk and at that time money was money was cheap yeah and everybody was buying everybody was you know doing well i just happened to really time it really well and kind of i grew up in that business so i i knew a lot of people out of the gate and so um for me it was like I kind of got my feet wet and I was like, oh, this is actually, pre- I got to work hard, but it's pretty easy. And then all, I saw that first commission check and I was like, oh, that's, okay. it's, it's, it, it, it's on.
0: And real quick though, you're, you're very connected in surfing. What'd I say? Like you grew up around yeah, a lot of pro
2: surfers. I, yeah. I kind of grew up, you know, surfing in Ventura and you know, kind of have kind of was like had a like little tiny, like little flow deals and stuff like that. But all my friends were some of the best guys in the world ended up being some of the best guys. And Ventura is so rich in surfing. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, you know, it's definitely my passion. I still try to surf as much as I can. And, yeah. um, but at that time it was like, those were all my friends. I wasn't hanging out with my coworkers. Right. I was literally going, okay, like I'm going to go try to work. And then how quick can I get to the beach to go surf or whatnot? And so those, that was my peer group. But a lot of my peer groups were either still in college, if they went that route, or they were all kind of just emerging as professional athletes and really maybe hadn't gotten paid yet or were kind of on their way. And so I was just a little bit in front. And that was a... It was a good experience, but it was definitely a weird experience where like that was, I mean, your opinion of me was kind of the opinion that all my peers had. And yeah, I was making money, but looking at it now, like. Well, yeah, but
1: like, yeah, you're but, young and but you it,
2: see like a three-steer. I mean, you
1: three-steers, I didn't even know
2: the difference between like a turbo. or no, You no, know, I was like, yeah. these are driving a Benz. Yeah, and- <laughs> oh, God. and I, I mean, you think at one point I had three cars, maybe four, like for yeah. no reason. Yeah. Like stupid,
1: stupid decisions. So but, Mikey, how old were you at that time? You're thirty six. I just turned thirty seven. So if you were twenty one, I was nineteen. Okay. Yeah. So he was. So I was. Bank. I, I was still in the the. You're Acura. an M skater. You're the Acura. amateur. I had yeah. Were Acura you in DC Tegra. at that point? No. 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 I was like just got on S. Okay. I was making twenty five hundred bucks a month. And I thought I was chilling, man. I okay. thought no. I was yeah. booming. You know. Uh, no. I
2: mean, you say that like I remember the first time because we we would get paid like at that. Early on, you know, getting paid like every two weeks, corporate America, the whole thing. I remember the first check that I got that was substantial. It was 5,500 bucks for a two week period. I was like, I'm rich. Yeah, dude, it's great. Yeah, dude, totally. I remember like going to my friend's restaurant. Did you ever go to Table 13? No. Okay, shout out to my boy, Sandro. we were on some full (laughs) skate shit, man. Yeah, (laughs) I went to this place. It was in Ventura, it wasn't anything bougie, but I remember walking around there and I was like, oh, I got 500 bucks cash in my pocket. Like I'm buying shots for people and just thinking I'm rich. Yeah. and not realizing that yeah it was it was it was on that for a while
1: so okay so you're doing well yeah. so how do you go from selling properties and real estate insurance to uh, starting a nonprofit so and essentially said, becoming the richest guy new to the-,
2: the yeah like the poorest <laughs> like hey you want to buy me some lunch you know, that type of thing um, It's kind of an interesting space you know i i lived in that kind of real estate world for I don't know, seven or eight years, and then um, had a, a friend of a friend get diagnosed with cancer and kind of went through that experience. And I think for me, like my grandmother had was diagnosed with cancer. She was 89. So at that point, it was quality of life, making sure that she was okay. And that was my only real experience. My aunt had had a couple little bouts with breast cancer, but nothing anything like directly, but going through that experience... I was dumbfounded by like, we're, you're kind of like on your own. Yeah. Like this was crazy. Like, you know, at that point, I think it was like 2008, I think when we, when we, when she was diagnosed and you know, 2008, I, I feel like that wasn't that long ago, but it was, um, we were, you know, she was on her own and it was really just kind of like fend for yourself. And, and for me, I had this interesting space of like, I always wanted to give back because the back of my head, I knew how many advantages that I was just given, by being born into the family that I was born into living where I got to live, getting to have all these experiences that so many people don't get to have. So I I knew that like I was aware enough as a human being to, to know that, Hey, I've got like a lot of advantages that a lot of people that would pay would give anything for. And so in the back of my mind, I think my shout out to my parents doing a pretty good job, keeping me humble and like, Hey, be thankful for what you have. And I'd always wanted to give back. And so going through that cancer experience, um, we created a nonprofit and I really very arrogantly looked at it and went, Oh, it's just paperwork and contracts. Like that's what I do all day, every day anyways. So like I'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um, created the nonprofit, all the paperwork. I had a business partner. Um, but, uh, at this was, time,
0: are you still working? In yo, yeah, real yeah, estate? yeah, I'm still working real okay.
2: estate and obviously feeling the ebbs and the flows of the real estate market yeah. at that time. Cause yeah. 2008, 2009 Marily. things were, yeah, that was a mm-hmm. tough time. Yeah. It was a difficult yeah. time for a lot of people. And so, um, I think for me, it was, I had attained a lot early at, you know, 23, 24, 25. I had a lot of things that I think I would have deemed myself successful if I would have had at 40. Mm -hmm. And to get that in your mid twenties, obviously I realize it now I didn't, you know, conceptualize all this in the moment, but looking at it, um, I got all this stuff and I wasn't happy. Like I like nice stuff, just like everybody (laughs) else. Like but you had the nice stuff i did and that's where i was tripping like i literally had bought like my dream home it was like on the hill in ventura how old were you when you did that 24 wow 25 maybe i mean the house was like i mean my parents shoot me if they hear this is like nicer than their house you know and i was i was had a bunch of cars i had all this stuff and i remember this the one thing i do remember like it was five minutes ago was sitting in my backyard my dream house, in my spa, by myself, sitting there, because I, I'd i been in my house at that point probably like a year, maybe just under, and I was like, I got it, and it doesn't mean anything. Like, what next?
1: Yeah, and I think, too, like, because uh, I've gone through, I've, I've experienced that as well, and it's like, I think people... A lot of times, like, are waiting for something to happen to become happy. Yeah, like, some grandiose, like, I married it. Yeah. Like, if I could just get this job, if I just get this, if I just make this money, I'll be happy. And then once you kind of get it, it doesn't kill that void. Or
2: it does for a a small amount of time. It's It's like the first time you get a sick car, right? Yeah, like,
1: dude, yeah. Like, dude, like let's be real, like, especially like right after St. Archer, like, we got all that. Like, oh, there was a moment where it was it was
2: short, two weeks, but it was like, dude,
1: this is the sickest uh, shit. Yeah. And then all of a sudden
2: it's back to real life. Yeah. You know? And it's like, you still have the same problem. The one thing that I I will say, if there was one thing that I could wish for everybody, I wish everybody could have that moment. Because yeah. I think there's a lot of people that never get the carrot. Yeah. They just chase it forever. And then they wake up and they're 62 and go in, like. What did I just do with my life? Yeah, I agree. Yep. Yeah. And so kind of going through that experience, I feel like the luckiest human ever to have experienced that in my 20s, right? And so our friend gets sick. We start down this path of the nonprofit. I kind of start to figure out that, well, maybe I bit off a little bit more than I could chew, Mm -hmm. but ended up doing it all myself. I filed for the you know, the, the nonprofit status all myself. I dealt with the IRS all by myself. I dealt with the, the state of California, everything that comes along with starting a nonprofit. I did it and I did it at night and I did it on the weekends and when I could find spare time. And, um, we were able to build an organization that was built to really kind of help kids and families that were dealing with cancer. And, um, we built an amazing, amazing global nonprofit. We had people, all over the world supporting us. We really kind of hit a home run in regards to timing because we were able to kind of take advantage of social influence when it was just yeah. kind of really getting started. And so, so let's get into that in a second. Real yeah. quick though, I want to I want to make sure we don't skip over this.
0: You took a when when you dove in full to the yeah. nonprofit
2: you went from making a lot of money to oh. making how much money? <laughs> so we won't talk about how m- I was making a lot of money. I was making a substantial amount of money, and I think the first year that I worked full, t- like I quit that job, sold my portfolios, like got rid of my relationships, um, and said, "Hey, I'm gonna do this full time." And that was 2014, 2013, 14. The first year I made 19 grand.
0: 19 grand.
2: Yeah, 19000 dollars. <laughs> 19, <laughs> oh, <laughs> 19,000. Oh, and I saw so you really I meant it. Yeah. I didn't start. I didn't. I think I, I started doing it full time. Like, cause there was like a, a, like a, obviously a gray period where it was kind of both, yeah. but the first full fiscal year, I think it was like February to February. I made 19. Grade. That's amazing. Wow. That's and, amazing though. That's and,
1: amazing that you stepped away from something. So uh, I think a lot of
2: people talk about it. Like, Oh, I would do that. And like, I literally, well, that's terrifying. People talk about, it, but dude, that's, And and I'll say this, I was in a position to where I wasn't married. I didn't have any kids. And I kind of got to this point where I was like, everything that I was doing at night and on the weekends, that's what I really all of a sudden was passionate about. And so for me, um, I had experienced that idea of like, Hey, I got all this stuff and now I'm really not that happy. And all of this stuff that I'm doing over here is what really brings me joy. So what am I doing? And you know, I've had a lot of mentors in my life a lot of people that have been successful not been successful kind of different walks of life and I think The one consensus from all of those people was If you can figure out a way to do something you love and get paid for it Go do that because it won't feel like you're working and I know a lot of people say that's not the first time somebody's heard that but i'm a Living walking example of that like I had a lot of nice stuff and I had a lot of money and I had a lot of those things Which i'm not saying isn't awesome isn't great isn't worth chasing because it is but the money and the stuff needs to be the byproduct. Because yeah. if it's the yep. focus, at some point you're gonna get it and not be happy or you're gonna chase it forever and never get it and realize that you wasted your life doing something that you really didn't care about.
1: Totally.
0: So let's, let's let you, for 10 years you worked for a, a cancer nonprofit. Let's, t- let's get a snapshot of what that looks like. First of all, how did social media change the landscape of what you guys did.
2: I think obviously, I mean, where we're at now, social influence is the new currency. Like people are making a lot of money doing that, right? I mean, we've seen all kinds of stuff like what's current right now with Kylie Jenner or whatever, trying to be a billionaire based off i mean crazy. yeah i, mean, I but, mean dude what's happening and that's now the very is, very top of mm-hmm. it but there's a lot of people from the top down it's all are,
1: across the board dude it's it, it, people the influencers are people are resonating with influencers more than they are the brand right you have to have a face of the brand to even have a brand now
2: well yeah because i mean how much has that has shifted even in the skate world right? it's everywhere, everywhere. It, it's yeah. everywhere it, 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 it's like who's um oh gosh i'll probably get in trouble for saying this but it's like um you look at somebody like uh, what reef reef signed uh, Luke Davis right yeah a, a, a ways back and like obviously he surfs incredible but a big reason why he signed with reef or he's with Ruka now I'm sorry like is because of his influence yeah mm-hmm. and like he was like the first one where I looked at I was like oh like he surfs amazing but he's not on tour yeah but you look at he's in the LA scene he's, yeah. he has all these things right and the brands are going
1: yeah Hundred yeah. percent. Yeah,
2: and influence is, has become currency for sure. And yeah. so we were really able to kind of take that. Before it was really big business, I looked at it kind of from an entrepreneurial standpoint and went, look, all my friends that have influence, they're doing all these things for their brands to help themselves, but all those people, they want to help and they want to give back and they want to feel good about themselves. What if we could create something or create an avenue for people to, to go, hey, this is all the stuff that I do, but this is how I give back. Mm-hmm. And so we kind of were able to create a platform for people to do that. So people supported our charity, sometimes by just posting about it. But we were, you know, perfect, some good timing. We were kind of that right age where it was like, we understood the, how powerful it was. And so we really kind of built our nonprofit on that. I mean, we built it, I think we started with $7,500 and we donated millions of dollars. And
0: just, so when you first started, social currency was not there, right? No, I mean, it started. was
2: just kind of getting started. You know, people were, there was a handful of people maybe getting paid a little bit, but it wasn't not like, like no, it's mm. nothing. It was like, you know, it was still very raw and when, people weren't. When you know, he was,
1: when I think you were doing Young and Brave it was like right around the same time as St. Archer. Yeah. As far as like us mm. doing ambassadors, it was like all happening gotcha. kind of together. Yeah, it
2: was kind of that amb- ambassador idea that like,
1: I don't even think anybody even realized it. We were just like, hey dude, these guys have followings and like, they could post about it and all those people get to see our product. Mm
0: -hmm. No, I can't remember how many, working at Ojo, I can't remember how many meetings I was in where we were trying to put a value on athletes and they they were like, well, he's this and that and social media kind of just puts it there and you can see it. To me, that
1: was the best thing about social, man. When you could actually see who people can reach and what their like true value is, especially like in the skate scene. It was like, we just heard about what pros made what. Yeah, But like once like the following came out, it was like, wait, this guy makes this and he has that many, what's going on? There's a, there's a direct, and I
2: mean, look at how that's evolved to where we're at right now. I mean, it's a big, you know, it's a billion dollar business. It also
0: helped you connect with, because you're helping basically people who are battling cancer. It helped you connect those influencers with the families
2: that are battling cancer. Oh yeah. I mean, it was the, it was incredibly powerful because all of a sudden we could take somebody, um, that maybe didn't have a following, didn't have a network. Right. And we could plug him into what we were doing and go, Hey, this is our new little boy. He's from El Paso. You know, he needs our help. And all of a sudden we put that out to our social, I shoot it to some of our ambassadors, some of the things that went on there and all of a sudden his story is in front of a million people like yeah. that. And that was where I was like, Whoa, this is crazy. To me, that's
0: really the magic of, of what you guys, it's just seeing you connect these people who need help, who are going through the most tragic painful moments of their lives with people who have all this influence and want to help and you just connected them. Yeah. Because Is is that right? Oh yeah.
2: Because the thing that I've learned, there's two things, right? And some people might take this the wrong way, but whatever. People give for two reasons. People give because somebody in their sphere of influence needs help, right? From Mm -hmm. like a charitable standpoint, you know, such and such little brother got cancer. We're going to help. And you rally that whole community to do that, Right. And, and, and you're giving because it's happening to your network, to your, you know, there's one degree, two degrees of separation. You're like, Hey, I'm involved in, in the current landscape and the, where we live from a technology standpoint, it's, you're connected to all those people because you follow them on Facebook or your friends on Instagram or whatever. So it's, you, you can do that and it's in front of you, even though you may not have a great relationship with them, you know, what's going on in their life. And so it was really about taking advantage of that. And then on the other side of the equation is people want to, give because they want to feel good about themselves. Mm -hmm. People want to put their head on the pillow at night and go, Hey, like I did something to help somebody, whether that was sharing an Instagram post or making a financial contribution or going to an event, people want to have that opportunity to do those things. And so my whole thing was like, if we could put those two things together and do it for our demographic and our age group and go, Hey, this is a way to do it. I mean, it was, it was a little bit in front of its time, to be honest with you, because um, now we look at like the influence and how people were paid and everything else like that. I mean, most athletes, you know, I have a friend actually writing a book right now. And honestly, the only reason he got the book deals is because he's got 700,000 followers. Mm-hmm. It's not because he's a better writer than somebody. The it's book the fact deals
1: that, are big now. Oh, That's dude, like the new I trend. Want,
2: no. I want to write a book so bad, but that's a whole nother podcast. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, yeah. So we really kind of started in that space and then, um, yeah, ran it for ten years. So or, let's let's talk about yeah.
0: some of some of the stuff you learned. So what one thing I want to touch on is when you first started it, you were like, "Oh yeah, I'll just go fill out some paperwork and run it on my <laughs> yeah. spare time." Yeah. So
1: what really goes into running a nonprofit? Hey, and before you even answer that, it's funny how like how you do things, being just so naive to what it really details. Oh. Like, dude, Paul and I were talking about it the other day. Like, Paul, Josh, and I were so naive uh, to like go in and do a brewery. But like, thank God we were. Yeah, because, because I don't would have, know if we would, would have, have done, done it, it. Otherwise, yeah. right? It's like yeah. that's
2: ignorance is bliss, totally, right? straight yeah. up. And so that 100%, like, what, there's so many parallels between St. Archer and what we did. Um, it, the timing of it, the way that we kind of, the age group that we were in mm-hmm. and everything else like that. And so for me.
1: So you go into it blindly. Oh, what do you, so arrogant. What do you, I was you like, experience, experience though as yeah, you do going through it?
2: Paperwork and it. contracts, like whatever. First of all, I had to deal with the IRS. And understanding that um, what everything that goes into that, and you know, how do you file for a nonprofit? What does that look like? Is what that is, a, your... is that a hard process? Yeah. yeah, I mean, if you're an attorney, like obviously there's nonprofit attorneys that are doing that with their eyes closed. But I had no experience in it at all. I think I had donated to American Red Cross, and that was probably about the extent of my charitable kind of education.
1: So is it not just like a fill
2: out and send uh, off? No. Um, there's definitely some very specific things that you have to know what you're doing. And, and I've done it, gosh, I've started five, helped assist and start five other nonprofits right now. And then I've got like three or four coming up and we'll get to that obviously. But, um, for me, I think the one experience that I had in running a nonprofit, it was a lot of people tripped out when they met me or they talked to me face to face. They're like, Ooh, cause the majority of Presidents, executive directors, creators of nonprofits. A lot of people are doing that as a second career. They're doing it after retirement. Yeah, And so to be able to have some of those conversations and interactions with people going, yeah, I'm 27, I'm 28 doing this. Um, it was a, you know, like, whoa, that's, that's pretty cool. Like, what do you, what, what are you up to type of thing? And so in growing the foundation. Like, what are you up to like on a negative standpoint? No, no, no. Like, what are you up to? Like, this is interesting that you're in your 20s, early 30s, running a global nonprofit. Because there's most not people a lot are of doing
0: it after retirement is what you're saying, yeah, right? Yeah, there's
2: just not a lot of people doing that. Yeah. Um, and so that kind of opened a lot of doors for us. But the whole learning process, it's definitely, you know, it's like starting a business. I'm sure a lot of the things that you fell into in regards to starting St. Archer, like, you had no idea you were going to have to do that. Mm -hmm. And there was a, there's a lot of that that comes in with the nonprofit space as well. And, you know, you know, what's a public charity, what's a private charity, you know, who needs donations, who doesn't need donations, who needs receipts, what do you need to send receipts for, what can you write off, what can't you write off, and all these things that kind of come along with it. There's all of that. And then it's building the team around you that allows you to succeed. And that's what I have in spades now is, you know, I've got the attorneys, I've got the CPAs, I've got the bookkeepers. You know, I have the network of people now that are going, Hey, like anything that you do, let me know. Cause I want to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. So whether that's helping a, a cancer family out or that's doing a beach cleanup, or that's creating, you know, uh, an event for, you know, to bring awareness to mental health, um, I've kind of built that network around me now. And so that kind of leads into everything else that I've got going on now.
0: And really, you are an entrepreneur. You are. You. 100%. You co founded it. You're an entrepreneur. And I think that people are hesitant to say that sometimes because it sounds like selfish. It sounds like I'm an entrepreneur. Doing this foundation, but really that's what you're doing is you're running a
1: business and
2: you know you're how to like do an
1: entrepreneur slash philanthropist, right? Yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I hate like serial <laughs> philanthropist serial philanthropist. Um yeah, I mean that's the one thing that I tell everybody. Um I I almost hate the word nonprofit because at the end of the day it's a business. Yeah. I've got attorneys, I've got CPAs, I've got sometimes employees, you know, I've got insurance, all these things. What I'm doing with my capital at the end of the year is different you know, what I'm doing with the money that we create is different, but it operates the same, but it operates the exact same way. And so that's where I kind of tell people, I'm like, you know, one of the first questions is like, well, how do you get paid? And I'm like, well, I take a salary just like any, anything else. Like just because I, you know, my whole thing is I I look at it from the opposite side. I go, this is all the stuff that I'm trying to do to give back to the community, to an individual person, to humanity in general. Like I have, to, it, just like it takes money to make money, it takes money to give money away. Totally. Mm-hmm. And that's my whole stance is if you look at it now, and we were talking about this before we started, um, any business... I don't care if you have a beer company, if you have a skate company, if you have a shoe company, hair product, whatever it may be. If you don't have some sort of philanthropic give back in your business model, you are missing the boat. Tell us about some of the
0: the bigger corporations, you know, of that have budgets to do this and <laughs> what they're like.
2: You know, you look at a lot of like fortune 500 companies, you know, you, let's just use that as a broad stroke. Mm-hmm. Every single one of those companies has budget in the nonprofit space. And that's where a lot of the stuff that I'm doing now is is really kind of um, helping guide some of those companies and really kind of creating input and kind of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, Really kind of helping guide some of these companies because they don't understand how to engage
0: what they're doing. So there was, forgive me if you don't, but didn't you have a stat on the, like, was it Wells Fargo spent more money on their,
2: yeah, like the amount of money that they've spent in advertising for the last two fiscal years, like especially in Southern California, any billboard that Wells Fargo has, it's all about their give back, give back. It's we're recommitted to our community and we're donating money or, or what are these figures and things that they have. So that to me is, I mean, Wells Fargo is one of the biggest banking institutions in the world. And all they've focused on in the last year and a half is giving back.
0: It's ever like you look at God's plan. You look at Drake. That's what he's doing. Even Takashi Six Nine. It's like that. This is what everybody's doing. That's a whole nother conversation. Six Nine giving stuff away. And he do. He walks around Even the bet. streets throwing out hundreds. Man. Yeah, I too, don't like
1: that. Too, uh, straight up, I get it, but I mean, like, uh, yeah, I mean, like to the me, the it's pat, so self-serving. self serving. Come on,
0: God. Let's let's ignore
1: God's plan though. Drake. Oh, Drake can't do no wrong. But like, you <laughs> so know, what I'm saying this is the so thing. This is the thing that yes. I have a hard time with. I absolutely believe in giving back. A 100%. Yeah. But when you use giving back as part of your content to kind of promote yourself in it, that's where it starts getting blurred, right? Like yeah, but that's I, what the Fortune
0: 500 companies are doing though, Well, I know, right?
1: but it, but part of it is kind of blurry to me. Like right, I get I agree, like I Bank agree. of America like yeah. doing all this like cool shit and giving back. I totally get that. But like going on this like marketing rampage to show everybody they're giving back, I don't know, when is it too much? The heart yeah. has to be there, though. Well, I, I'll
0: tell you, you can tell when it's not.
2: Yeah, I don't it, know, exactly. and like, I don't know, Bank well, of the that's not, that. not true. Here's the other you thing, can't always we're gonna, Yeah, we're gonna talk about it right now. I don't care what you're doing, the, at the rate that we consume information right now as a society is at the highest it's ever been, right? It's our phones, it's our computers, it's shit in our ear. Somebody's calling us, texting us, emailing us. We're looking at something on YouTube where we have the TV on and we're reading a book. It's all of this stuff all the time, right? The one thing that I think lacks in a lot of this stuff is it's it's been about how fast can you put something out, right? Mm-hmm. You look at um, like journalism. It's turned into... It's not about being being right anymore. It's about being first. How do I break the story first? Yeah. Right? And so all that stuff is great, but the biggest problem is authenticity. I think that's and what you're, you're just saying, right? If, if 100%, you're not yeah. authentic, it's gonna... We were talking about that with the podcast, right? If it's not authentic and it's not this like, mm-hmm. you know, organic conversation or engagement, it's on to the next thing because there's gonna be something else pulling you away from it. And... I think that's the one thing that I'm really good at is helping people create authentic processes within their business when it comes yeah, to nonprofit nice. and give back So
1: for me, I always felt like I don't know there's so many like big nonprofits uh, usually it's like wealthier dudes doing them it felt like hard to tell what ones were taking advantage of the system and mm-hmm. what ones were, I guess, authentic. Yeah. Um, and I feel like you've always done a good job keeping it authentic. Maybe it's cause you're young and you actually see what's happening in the foundation. Uh, maybe how do you, how have you done that? How are you not? the? Uh,
2: I, I think the, the thing is um, we, when you start talking about nonprofits, I mean, There's a lot of advantages to having a nonprofit. Obviously a big part of that is helping people or, you know, being able to, you know, create something that can benefit your community, society, whatever it may be. But there's also a lot of tax advantages. You know, there's a lot of people, a lot of athletes that have their own nonprofits and there's a lot of different things that you can do in that space. But for me in everything that I create, whether it's an event, whether it's a a separate nonprofit, whatever it may be, I want what we do to be tangible. Um, I think there's a lot of nonprofits out there that create awareness, you know, especially in the cancer space, it's 2018, like we all know what cancer is like, yeah. like yeah. I mean, I, I mean, you look at some of these bigger nonprofits and you just kind of go like, wow, like the amount of income that you have and donations and things, what you could be doing with that money is incredible to, you know, build community. And I think for me with the nonprofits, it's, I wanted to create something that is actually going to create something tangible. Like I get it, What, like, let's go on a 5k and a walk, but like, what is that money actually going to do? Yeah. Where's it go? I get, there has to be infrastructure and you have to pay employees and all that stuff, but like, what are you actually doing? You know, are you giving to research? Okay, cool. Then like, let's justify what research really is. Or are you just giving to big pharmaceutical brands? Yeah. Like there's a whole, that's a whole nother podcast. But for me in everything that I create, I want it to be able to be tangible and I want it to be authentic so that when people see it and go, oh, what is this? They're seeing what we're doing and they're seeing the impact that we're making and it becomes tangible. And then hopefully it becomes engaging enough for them to go, oh, I want to be a part of that. Yeah. And whether that's sharing a post or coming to an event or you know, uh, recommending somebody that we can help or whatever it may be for that particular nonprofit. I just want it to be organic and authentic and, and really something that's going to ultimately help, help people. So to make sure I understand what you're saying,
0: you're saying that Something tangible would be like going to a specific event for a person. Am I understanding this correctly? And raising a certain amount of money that goes towards that family. Yeah. So there's is that where
2: right, you is look it? at like what we're, what we're probably going to talk about here in a second is my new foundation, the beautiful foundation. Okay. And our big, one of our kind of big things that we're standing on is it's, you know, the awareness has been created. It's time to take action. And so our new foundation does a lot of things, but kind of the primary program is really being able to connect survivors and cancer patients, um, primarily women, with hairstylists and salons and estheticians and people kind of in that beauty industry and kind of helping them bridge the gap so that when you're in remission and your hair is starting to grow back and you have chemo curls and you don't know what to do and you're in Atlanta, Georgia, you can literally go to the beautiful foundation, log in, share your story, create a profile, and then we will connect you with somebody in your local area that has a certain amount of knowledge about, you know, dealing with cancer patients and really finding somebody that's gonna care about you and help you getting back to feeling, you know, the best version of yourself. Um, So that's what I mean by tangible. I want us to do something. And then also, I
0: I, I wanna make sure we don't skip over this. So 10 years with the Cancer Foundation, Mm -hmm. over those 10 years, can we look at some metrics? Like how many people did, let's get specific, Mm -hmm. because you did have a, you were, if I understand correctly, the person that people would call when they got diagnosed with cancer and they were looking for help. Is that is that right? Yeah,
2: man, there's there's definitely- um, there's You were boots of, on the ground. You or, were- Oh yeah, I mean, I was- you I'm know, sure was,
1: for a lot of these families, you were like their support system. I mean, right?
2: uh, I think over t- eight, nine, 10 years, I think I spoke at probably 20 funerals or was a part of 20 funerals or wakes- And that's wakes. not easy work. No, no. I mean, I had conversations where like, I have one particular i was the first phone call from a mom that lost her 15 year old daughter yikes diagnosed from diagnosis to to death like less than less than a year yep and i was the first phone call for whatever reason like i'm not patting myself on the back or doing anything but
0: no we need to talk
2: about this part of it yeah, yeah like, it's important i was the f- like she called me first and yeah. was like was calling to ask about some of the funds that we had raised for her daughter and basically asking if, if they could take those funds and use it to pay for her funeral that's that's heavy for me like my perspective on things is so if we were to go
0: back to you in the hot tub, yeah. yeah. And we were we were to look over the past 10 years, I'm not trying to put a number to quantify it and make a profit. I'm I'm talking no. you paid your dues and you were in the trenches oh. with a nonprofit charity for 10 years. Yeah.
2: Like really doing the work and really, you know, kind of being the janitor and and the president and you know, sweeping the floors and our I mean I ran the charity out of my house for the first seven years. Yeah. This, Six this, years? this
0: part of it's important. We need to talk about, we're going to talk about, you have to know what you're doing to run a nonprofit, which is one thing I've learned from you, um, or seen in action with you. Yeah. But you, in doing this, you have to be, know what you're doing. You have to know the entrepreneur side and, and the ins and outs, but I don't want to skip over that part. You were in the trenches. you helped how many families over that time? Uh, I mean, you I worked mean, with
2: hundreds. I mean, we're probably in the thousands. Like of people, you know, maybe not directly raising funds for those people, but, you know, creating opportunities or connecting the dots with different hospitals or things like that. I mean, we have a crazy, probably that one of the craziest stories was, um, we were doing some stuff with the San Diego Padres and this company called Groupmatics, um, and they're like a ticket based company and we were doing a fundraiser with them. And, and then we also had one of the kids that we were helping, um, was going to like throw out the first pitch or like lead the seventh inning stretch or something like that. And, um, he was up in the Bay area and was essentially misdiagnosed and excuse me, because of the event that we put on, he was kind of from Northern California and, but had some roots to San Diego, got him connected. He ended up having, um, emergency surgery because he was correctly diagnosed because he went to our event and was able to see a doctor in San Diego, I mean, oh wow, we saved his life. Wow, one hundred percent. And so there's a, I mean, that's obviously a, a very specific case, but there's a lot of things just like that. That's what I was
0: getting at. Yeah. So and, you've helped hundreds, if not thousands, of families,
1: individuals battling cancer for sure. But how do you get through that? How do you like deal with the heart? Like, dude, mm. that's hard, man. That's yeah. that's yeah. like. And I'm sure you become emotionally attached to some of these families, right? Yeah. So, like, do you like how how do you get through something like that? I
2: don't know. I I, and this is like maybe going too deep, but like I think it's um a testament to like doing what I'm meant to do. Yeah. Like I really feel like what I'm doing, even now, like because there's been some changes and some things that have gone on, but like I feel like I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. I've always been really good about being able to put things in boxes and go, okay, I can deal with this right now, and then I can move on and deal with something else and. And yeah, but there's definitely some moments that like, uh, I'd rather forget, yeah, you know, like of course talking to a mom after she <laughs> lost her 15 year old, like, and just honestly, like that conversation was maybe an hour and I probably, you know, talked maybe three or four minutes out of that hour. And a lot of it was just listening and, and being a sounding board for somebody and just yeah. being there. Yep. Um, but you can't, you know, going back to the sitting in the spa moment, like aha moment, like. All of those experiences like you can't go to the store and pay for those you can't buy those and talk about authenticity like I've lived that yeah and I know what it's like to talk at a funeral and I know what it's like to get a call like that from a mom I also know what it's like to to get a text message from a mom going hey like we're five years cancer-free yeah like what can we do now to give back great like so those are those are things that you can't buy that I'm lucky enough to have yeah
1: absolutely
0: Awesome. So let's get into kind of the transition to what you're doing moving forward. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. But I just wanted to make sure we establish that since we're kind of talking about like the the money side of the it. I want to make sure we things. establish that you're actually doing this, which we've done. Yeah. And that it's re- it's for you. It's real. Sorry, hey, also ahead. real
1: quick. Uh, are you taxed on your income?
2: Oh, Yo, yeah. Okay, so right. it's just the company that's not taxed. Yeah, it's just, but like I was an employee. Essentially, I was an employee of the company, and so I get a W two, okay. and I get taxed on that, and all. That. So yeah, okay. getting taxed on nineteen works the so, same way. Yeah, okay. getting taxed on nineteen. I was like,
1: nineteen K, like untaxed. no, no, it's taxed. Trust me.
2: And so all that stuff's the same, but like those are the things that like I don't like. I didn't know getting into it. Like, am I taxed on that? Am I not taxed on yeah. that? Yeah. How do I? So all of those things are kind of in my tool belt now that I can really kind of take me into what I'm doing now and you know, I so, think in I was ahead. just say, let's talk about what you're doing now. Yeah. So Let we'll, we
1: talk about your partners. Yeah, well you, let's, let me let me
0: frame it up here. Let me frame <laughs> yeah, it up. Yeah. So but basically frame got, it, let's frame this up. So you put in your ten thousand hours. You were mm. in you were mm-hmm. in the hot tub. You basically said this I'm making all this money. You took the the bump down to nineteen thousand dollars a year.
2: Yeah, into a room like my even the apartment I live in right now. No, Scotty's man. The board's kind of balling, man. No. Like no, 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 no. No, I love this place. My <laughs> place no is probably this big. Okay, okay, yeah. okay. Like maybe, like if you take that room
0: to yeah. go from your backyard hot tub you went to that now you're 10,000 hours I'm going to just say you're you know you've oh, for sure. figured out your craft and you've done both sides, the authentic in the trenches helping people nonprofit along with learning how to run a business because yeah. you did. So from what I'm understanding, you basically got to the point where you're like, I can help more people. So now you're looking at starting, let's talk about your first venture in a second. Yeah. Let's talk about all your ventures moving forward, but you've essentially become this person that's an expert at your craft of starting nonprofits. Yeah. And how... I guess, is that, am I understanding that correctly? How did you move into what you're doing? Now? Yeah, so
1: I think probably like, Mikey's giving me a look, I, man. I we need it. to have I, a little, Mikey's still salty here. about the modeling thing. No, I was about to say, I'm, I, no, what I was going to say is I'm glad you
2: framed that up. Okay, good. <laughs> you cool. did that well.
1: I that thought was, I was about it was to gonna get, snap get back. I wasn't going to carry him
2: or nothing. Um, I want to say maybe like, I'm a big like journaler. I write everything down. Nonsense. I have like pads next to my bed. I just, that's how I, my process or whatever I get, get things out. And I probably say like maybe four or five years into the first nonprofit, I really started thinking about like now that I'm really in this and I'm going to, this is kind of my career path and what I feel like I'm called to do or whatever you want to say. Um, what does that really want to be? Like I'm, I'm very goal oriented person. Like I want to know like, okay, what am I doing? And and I think kind of that, like, that broad like, mission statement for my life, I guess, was I want to be able to positively affect millions of people, as simple and broad as that is. And the like, cool
0: thing is you're doing it, man. How many people get through a career when they're 65? Not to, Sorry, I'm going to cut you off. <laughs> I, I just want to, I want to add it in. Like How cool is it? Most people can get to an entire career, 65 years old, retire, yep. and have never done that. How yep. old are you right now?
2: Uh, 37. 37.
0: And you've already spent 10 years get like, that's, that's a huge accomplishment. So keep going.
2: Yeah. So I think for me, it it was really like, how can I positively affect people and maybe people that like, I would never even directly know. And I think that was one of the coolest parts of, uh, running the first foundation. And when I was starting to kind of conceptualize what I wanted to do, we had an event in New York and it was like, I think day after, no, the day before the event and, I love New York, but it's a whole nother conversation. Um, I was down in the financial district and I was just walking around. I was going to get some food and this little girl goes running by me. Little girl. She's probably like 15 or 16 and she had one of our hats on and ran right by me, had zero idea who I was but was like repping our brand and everything that kind of comes along with that. Now, however she got it, whether she knows what the foundation is or just what the brand was or whatever, I was like, that's crazy that we have something that like, she has no idea who I am. I have no idea who she is, but like she's representing what we're doing. Yeah. And so I think for me having that experience and then really kind of getting into that space going, wow. Okay. Like I've done this and, I think like regardless of what you you do, like you want to be able to create a niche for yourself, right? You want to be super, you want to have those 10,000 hours in something specific. Mm -hmm. And I've ended up with 10,000 hours in in like learning how to help people. Great. And so for me, it was, how can I start to take what I know and give it to my friends and help my friends do things, right? Um, Because for me, I think one of the, the other amazing experiences is like all the collaborations that we got to do from people to brands to events all these things that we got to do right and just getting so much feedback from people going hey like I felt like I helped but I feel like I got so much more out of that and to me to have people say that about something that I helped create I was like how can I how can I do more of that every there's there's a lifespan to everything that you do yeah some things you do forever some things you do for a season Some thing, you know there's all these different kind of time spans on things and so my biggest thing was, um, shout out to my partners, uh, Nikki and, uh, and Rihanna, we just started the beautiful foundation. Let's get into that, Yeah, yeah tell we us started. About it. So Rihanna and I have been friends, um, not the singer, but like maybe cooler than the singer. She is cooler than it's the singer. Why do you fill everybody in on who Rihanna yeah. and Nikki yeah, are. Yeah, so Rihanna and Nikki are two women that I, honestly I've looked up to from like an entrepreneurial standpoint. They own 901 Salon in Los Angeles they are kind of top of the food chain in regards to hairstylists and, and entrepreneurs. They own, like I said, they own nine zero one and a bunch of affiliated brands. And Rihanna and I went to Rival High School. So basically
0: top of the food chain meaning that they every celebrity it. gets yeah, their haircut. Yeah, they're someone.
2: they're they're doing it. Like you should they're follow yeah, it. shout out to both of them follow them on Instagram.
0: Plug plug their Insta handles real quick. Yeah,
2: so it's Rihanna, it's just I think she's like Madonna now. She just her it's just it's just Rihanna, it's just Rihanna. Yeah. and then Nikki's is I think Nikki, uh, Lee? Nikki Lee at 901. 901. Yeah. Um and then their brand is 901 and it's just all spelled out and that's their salon and, and then you can kind of okay. find your way to the rest of their uh Invested their kind of affiliated brands, and so um, Rihanna and I have been friends forever. Her and Nikki have been best of friends and business partners for a long time as well. And they started, they started nine zero one, I think, like, gosh, like eight or something like that. Um, and I mean, they can tell the story because I'm they're going to be on here, I'm sure, at some point. So um, they started a salon, basically just them two, no investors, or their investor pulled out last second. And they rolled the dice and started this salon, um, and have had a location on um, like in West Hollywood. Were there for a couple of years, and now their salons on Melrose Place in Los Angeles, like beautiful space. And um, Rihanna and I have been friends, like I said, since high school, a long time. And they we'd kind of mutually supported one another, um, and but we had always had kind of conversations, whether it was on vacation or at dinners or whatever, about. Once I was running the foundation full time, like how could we maybe create something together that would really be able to take advantage of the space that they were in, and, and so the they, they
0: just just to kind of frame it up. They have kind of an empire. They don't just have like a salon. They're balling. They and they do. They cut hair. Don't they have online learning products they, also? They've got like
2: they have this thing called Beauty Coach Television, which is like they've, a, a subscription-based YouTube channel they that they murder. Rushing, yeah, they're doing it. Big. They're just like just to, just to put. Like it in I told you, like, I mean, they're my friends, and I'm so lucky to just kind of do life with them. But like they I look up to them like a hundred percent. Like what they've been able to create yeah. and do is yeah. it's special. Impressive. And they've Incredible. got an amazing team and just they've created a, a beautiful brand and product. And um so we had kind of been talking about probably on and off again for three years about, well, oh, what could we maybe do together and um in kind of like midway through 2017 I had kind of like put it out there like, hey, if there was ever a time, like, I think, you know, I'm kind of feeling some transition coming on. I kind of like feel like "Mm, what's next. And so kind of went back and forth. We had been on vacation together and nothing really had come up. And um, I'm not a big sleeper. I kind of sleep in like four hour increments. I'm a weirdo. I've been like that since high school. (laughs) Um, And like November of 2017, I woke up in the middle of the night at like 3.30 in the morning woke up like kind of mad at myself. I'm like, Oh, this thing has been in front of a, in front of me the whole time. Woke up, wrote down the entire business plan, the entire business model for the beautiful foundation, sent it to them at like four 30 in the morning. And by 6am, six 30, they had both responded like, absolutely. Yes. How do we get started? Let's do it now. And so that was the beginning of the beautiful foundation. It took us about a month or so to get filed and to do all those things. Um, And what's uh, the mission of the beautiful foundation mission of the beautiful foundation is really to create resources for women dealing with cancer, coming out of cancer and really trying to help those women get back to feeling the best version of themselves. Um, And that's obviously a very broad stroke, but uh, the the biggest idea is to be able to take stylists and take salons and take estheticians and massage therapists and makeup people all across the world and be able to give them an arena to go to the beautiful foundation, sign up, and actually donate their services. So you can donate haircuts, you can donate uh, makeup services, whatever it may be. You go there, you donate. And then on the other side of the equation, as a resource for cancer patients, women um, dealing with cancer in the middle of their fight or coming out of it in remission, they can actually go to the Beautiful Foundation, they can share their story, they can log in, create a profile, and then they'll be connected to somebody in their community that's willing to donate services. So if I'm Jessica and I'm in Atlanta, and I'm, you know, six months, you know, in remission, my hair is starting to grow back and I don't know who to turn to. I need to kind of get, get a tame on, on the chemo curls and everything else going on. Yeah. You'd be able to go to the beautiful foundation and we would connect you with somebody in your local area that's willing to donate services to kind of help you get back on your feet. Great. And so there's a lot of other things that we're doing with the foundation, but that's what we've kind of unrolled first. And, um, is
1: it all service or Are you guys raising money as well?
2: Yeah, we're definitely raising money as well, but in my experience and doing so many other nonprofits and being on different hospital boards and everything else like that, the money always, the donation thing, it figures itself out. Mm -hmm. If you can create the community and then even take it a step further, create the resources, everything else will fall into place. So that's
0: what I want to make sure we paint that picture for the audience here. You're essentially now in the position where, where people, two people like Nikki and Rihanna Mm -hmm. have, they've done really well and they wanna do something with their success, and you're now in the position where you've put in those 10,000 hours, you understand it's authentic, it really is what you wanna do. You also understand the business side of it so that you can succeed, Mm -hmm. and you go to a couple of people like them and say, hey, let's do this. And this is, I feel like, one of the many ventures you will undertake in helping people. So if anybody listening has resources and wants to do something, Reach out to Matt.
2: Yeah, like, what do you always say? Like, hit me in the DM, Mikey. Just yeah, it. slide in the DM. Slide in the DM. What's your plug your Instagram real quick? What's, oh, my we Instagram, do this at the end, but we'll do it right now. Yeah, my Instagram's Matt five two three. Real okay. simple. There we go. M a t t five two three. It's you know slide in. So um,
0: <laughs> so keep going, keep going. So basically, help connecting. Women battling cancer, yeah. with hairstylists in different areas yeah. as they're getting back on their feet. Yeah,
2: exactly. And then there's a, a multitude of other services and things that are going to be available um, as we grow and things change. We also have a a thing called uh, our Wonder Woman uh, program, and that's where survivors can actually log on and share their story of beating cancer, or you know, actually filling out a story for for maybe somebody that didn't didn't win their fight. Um, and uh, it's a kind of a beautiful program where people can log on and share those stories and, and heal a little bit themselves, but hopefully also inspire other people that are maybe in the middle of their own fight that are trying to figure out how do I get through this? How do I survive? And so, um, that's got some great momentum already. And then another, the, what the other program that we're going to roll out initially is our beautiful meals program. And, um, over the last 10 years i've spent my fair share of time in the hospitals and and whether you're there one day or or 200 days or 365 days a year uh, hospital foods it's so crazy it, it sucks so crazy. after the first day even the be- i mean there's some good cafeterias and stuff but um, our beautiful meal program really is set up to to bring a bring a nice kind of meal from the heart into the That's hospitals great. for the the families and the patients and people that aren't leaving and then obviously the doctors and nurses and, and hope, you know, um, hotel staff, um, hospital staff that are there and, and just bringing in a meal and serving those people. And it's not anything super crazy or like, you know, obviously, um, difficult to do, but it's those days are incredible. Like being able yeah. to come in and just, just, I mean, love on people when they kind of, when they need it the most. Yeah. And so, um, there's a lot of other things that are going to be stemming from that, but it's, it's all possible because of the influence that Nikki and Rihanna have built through their brand. And, you know, we were talking about that earlier, you know, influence is the new currency and these girls, what they've done is authentic who they are as people is authentic and, um, obviously incredibly successful. And and a lot of their kind of talks over the last couple of years was we feel like we're missing something. And, and a big part of that conversation was like, how do we give back? And they do, they, they, you know, they've got a lot of employees, they, they inspire a lot of people, but this is a very specific yeah. path and a very specific thing that we're doing. And just in some of our conversations that we've had since we launched, which we launched last week, um, both of those girls, I think are starting to experience, uh, girls, women, uh, humans, um, they're experiencing what I've felt for the last 10 years. And I yeah. think they've felt it in like maybe going to an event or doing something, but I was talking to Rihanna like the day that we launched, and I could like hear her smile when we were talking on the phone. And it was like, I that's what I want to help people experience. Great. Is like that idea of like doing something for somebody else. Yeah. So I want
0: to get uh, I want to get in the shop one four three, but yeah. is there anything else, Mike, you wanted to touch on? I think we got a good snapshot there. Yeah. Of uh, the beautiful foundation. And did you plug that? Well, the beautiful, yeah, foundation. It's, it's beautiful yeah,
2: it's beautiful underscore foundation. Uh, On Instagram, yeah.
1: What's what's the site?
2: Uh, It's beautifulfoundation.com. Okay, great. Yeah, so it's all there. You can find it. um, And obviously you can find that through any one of our handles and whatnot. And
0: let's talk about Shop 143 now, yeah?
2: (laughs) Yeah, so Shop 143 is kind of the first endeavor, second endeavor. I mean, there's Beautiful Foundation, which I'm doing. And then 143 Collective is, um, my own personal nonprofit and it's going to do a multitude of things, but kind of the first endeavor is shop 143. And just to give a background on the name, 143, um, I'm just dating myself. Is what sure. I used to text my girlfriend. In yeah, high school. Yes. I love you. Yeah. So yeah. Th- the whole thing is this. So, like in high school, I had a pager because I thought that was the thing to do. And, but nobody paged me and it was only on like every other month. Yeah. And, but the only person that would page me was my mom. And she'd always page me 143 or like my sisters <laughs> would page it to me. So I was like, that's all I ever got, right? So I'd always had that in my mind. And like, as I got older, I'd like remember it and whatnot. I'm like, Oh, I want to do something with that. I always loved it. And so I created this thing called shop 143, which we're just in the process of kind of underway. We haven't even launched it yet, but we're kind of in process, um, is basically kind of going back to what we were talking about is I've got all these friends that, um, want to give back and they want to help and they want to do good. And, Especially in the day and age that we have with social influence, the amount of gifting and direct marketing that's going on um, is incredible. And, and the thing that's that's I really look at as an entrepreneur is like, OK, like what hasn't been addressed, what's missing, where's the gap? And for me, um, the gap on all this kind of social marketing is on the backside is really where if i send you like our latest shoes maybe you post and maybe you don't maybe you like them, maybe you don't chances are they're going to sit in your room they're going to collect dust and they're just going to be there um and i've got a lot of friends that are going like hey i've got like a whole room or my garage or a storage unit full of stuff that has value that's literally just taking up space and so um being an entrepreneur i kind of look at that and i go wow like for me, so much of what I've done in the last 10 years was creating events and opportunities for people to show up and do good. Well, whether you're dealing with a regular person, um, a celebrity, a, an athlete, an influencer, um, it's difficult to get people to show up just in general. I don't care what you're doing, how amazing the cause is. It's it That's, that's hard. And so... My whole thing was like, how can I create something that, that people can get involved in with kind of limited amounts of effort, but really, you know, um, be able to be impactful. And so shop one, four, three is essentially a, a curated online thrift store with a philanthropic component to it. Um, and that's kind of a mouthful, but the idea is for some, some of my friends that are athletes that are going, Hey, I've got all this stuff. I need to get rid of it. You'll be able to donate that to shop one, four, three, which is a nonprofit, Uh, We'll be able to list it, put it up online. It's in an auction format, 10-day auction format. And anything that we sell, 50% of the profit goes to the charity of the influencer's choice. So for somebody like Mikey Taylor, he'd be able to donate all the stuff sitting in his garage that I'm sure Jen is very excited to get rid of. And we'd be able to put it online online you get a tax you know exemption for that and then we're able to sell those goods you help me promote it and then anything that we sell 50 percent goes to the charity of your choice which hopefully it's beautiful foundation and um you get to do some good you get to create a positive pr opportunity for the influencer for the athlete whoever it may be and um yeah Yeah, last time you were over
0: here it was it was me you mikey and P-Rod, and you were telling P-Rod, he's like, yeah, I've got a whole closet, like, come over to my Paul's house. Paul's got, yeah.
2: Yeah, and, and I've, you know, I've been so lucky to kind of connect with so many people that are talented in their own individual fields, and, and this goes back to what we were talking about, is I want to be able to help create ways for people to help other people, Great. and this yeah. is just, like, if you look at print advertising is dead, like, all the magazines, unless it's, like, like, vogue like vogue is still around and, and there's money being spent in that type of advertising and online advertising but so much of that budget is now being spent on direct market placing so hey i know mikey taylor's got a handful of people that follow him that are looking at shoes that want to buy shoes i'm going to send him his newest pair hopefully he posts about it and maybe we sell some shoes well gary v actually did that sorry I keep going yeah and yeah and so like what <laughs> happened like so what happens on the back end of that a lot of that product just sits there and collects dust or ends up in a garage or a storage unit so i'm just kind of going like the thrift thrift store model isn't new like there's a million of them everywhere all i'm doing is going hey i was never interested in taking everybody's stuff but if i could take my friends stuff that do have social influence Mm -hmm. that can then go hey i'm going to give that to you and then we can select a charity or, or and be able to help some people with that stuff that's just sitting there um that's really kind of the the consensus of what shop 143 is going to do. And, um, we've already got like, I think like 63 or 64 people committed to, to donating their stuff. And you know, those 62 or 63 people have like a social influence of over a hundred million. And so it's really about changing, um, the idea of waste and things that are just kind of sitting around. So We're in the middle of that startup. I've got that going on. I
0: mean, it's interesting too. Like it's, I think it's really interesting to go to a website when it, when it does launch and look and see, oh, that's like, is it going to say this is from
2: Pure Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, that's part of the thing is like, yeah, that's really cool. You guys look at your fans and you look at the people that support what you have done through the course of your career. Like people want to be able to interact and go, shit, dude, I got a pair of freaking uh, Sean Malto shoes or, or whatever it is. And it's like, you know, those shoes were just going to sit there. Yeah. Or
1: yeah, I think people are like more stoked when like it actually came from me. Yeah. And
2: you know, there's, yeah, it's like one of those things where it's like when you're, I know I fan out on all kinds of stuff and I just kind of go for me that, like I said, the thrift store model exists. It's not anything new or ingenious. I'm just kind of going like, I want to take all my friends and go and do it and then be able to add a philanthropic give back to it because a lot of thrift stores and stuff that you give to, and I'm not going to call them out here, but do your research, like, you give to them there's very very little doing anything charitable yeah and so my whole thing is like about being committed and being better and going hey yep. i'm giving 50 percent of the profit away to any to the you know a multitude of different kind of charitable partners that are actually doing good work and, yeah. and you're going to see those dollars go to work yeah. so i've got that and then i've got um a little project going on called Girl Gang, Girl Gang, the label, which is with my friend Amy and Corey, and it's just about a women's uh, women's education and empowerment. Um, I grew up with two sisters, and um, obviously, incredibly passionate about uh, helping people and 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 whatnot. And so,
1: you are someone who just does a lot at oh,
2: one time. Oh, I got too much going on, but I can't if I, I the other side of the equation doesn't work well, yeah. Like totally. with just one thing, so. Um, yeah shout out to Corey and Amy they're amazing you should probably have them on too they've got like four or five different brands that they've started and done and yeah, they're, they're amazing is there anything
0: to plug like is there an insta handle or yeah she... so
2: it's girl gang the label and uh, it's at girl gang the label and girl they, gang the label yeah okay. and they have like their shirts that they're running right now Just say, God you're
1: doing so many things you have so many <laughs> plugs I
2: know <laughs> somebody seriously gonna have to write everything I down I know they're doing like the, the shirts that they have out right now just says support your local girl gang mm-hmm. and I'm actually their director of philanthropy. So I'm helping kind of create components for them to, to give back. And we're going to, I think, create a program for like girls that want to code and really kind of creating a platform for those girls to, to find that education and get yeah. involved in coding. And cause I mean that, how important is that? I wish I could code like that would be the best thing ever. So.
1: Uh, what's you want to give handles and shout out to one, four, three.
2: Yeah. So, uh, shop one, four, three is shop hop dot one, four, three. That's the handle. The Instagram is shop 143org dot and switched around yeah yeah the instagram is oh yeah instagram is yeah yeah there you go yeah so thanks Thanks, so reverse those and they'll be in the comments yeah
0: um so sorry keep going is there more
2: yeah so i've got that going on and then i'm in the very very infant stages of doing some stuff with um with my buddy nolan and then one of his uh he's a, a music artist and he's got a couple different people that he manages and and one of his um one of the people he manages is uh, Super Duper Kyle, which if you haven't listened to his stuff, is pretty good. Um, and we're talking about maybe trying to do something in the mental health space there. And so, actually, I think I have a meeting about that tomorrow. So pretty fired up about that. And yeah, too many things going on. Okay, cool. and then everything I got going with Mikey. Yeah, I Yeah, mean, we're, we're actually mean to get in that. Yeah, no, you
0: that's, you know that his space. So as far as like commune capital, I always hear it, Mikey will tell me you guys are collaborating, talking about. Um, I won't go into it, but just for time's sake. But well, we're doing stuff Matt together. Is a ghost man writer. of many trades.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey, seriously, yeah, he's my ghostwriter now for real. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, I have like send him stuff, and I'm like, just the other day, I sent him like our mission statement. And I was like, hey, man, can you like take this from like skate talk to like not to like president, like somewhere in <laughs> the <President laughs> yeah. middle? Yeah. And seriously, spit it back to me, seriously, like an hour. It was like perfect. Love it. Yeah. He's good at it. Yeah.
0: yeah. So. So I want to say this, man. I want to say this. This is an important interview because this gives us a realistic idea of what it takes to do a nonprofit. And Matt's your guy. Uh, If anybody's looking at, again, if anybody's looking at doing one, DM him, Matt523, right? Yeah. And, um, I, dude, I appreciate it, man. So go give him a follow, check out his stuff. And, uh, when, do
2: we know the ET on shop one, four, three? Yeah. I think that we're, we're shooting for a September one start date. Okay. So we got a, we're off a little ways, but, uh, there's some moving parts on it for sure. But I'm really excited about that. We've got about 10 people lined up to, to kind of launch with that I'm excited about. And, um, yeah, I think we've got like, 16 or 17 affiliated uh nonprofits that we're already working with. So um love it. It's pretty cool.
0: Yeah, that is a great idea and you're doing it. So Matt, anything else you want to throw? I think we covered it all. I think we're good. Yeah, we're I <laughs> You think, nailed it, dog. Yeah, yeah, we're right, good.
1: Right. Yeah, I just sat back and listened.
0: No. All right, cool. Thanks awesome. for having me. Awesome. Matt, thank you for being on and that's a wrap.